Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, October 18th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline for two more days, I'm Sarah Lane. And in Oakland, California, for the first time in two weeks, it's me, Justin Robert Young. And sitting in for Roger Chang, I'm producing, I'm Anthony Lemos. Hey, welcome back, Amos. Good to have you. Uh, Roger, attending to some family stuff today. We miss him, but it's good to have Amos here. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. The Wall Street Journal reports that Facebook has tentatively concluded that the login token attack that exposed information for 29 million users was conducted by spammers and not a nation state attack, as was previously rumored to be. Facebook is conducting an internal investigation itself and also cooperating with the FBI. Amazon has launched Whisper Mode for English speakers in the U.S. Whisper Mode can be turned on in settings or by telling the Echo to turn it on and will cause the device to respond to whispered commands in a lower tone. So we will now take to referring to her in a whisper on the show. Uh, Google announced the launch of Compose Actions on Gmail for G Suite. The feature lets you add attachments or other content from applications like Dropbox, Box, Ignite, and Jira right within the Gmail interface. Users will need to add the services in the Gmail add-on tool. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the second shoe dropping from Apple. Ah, feel those shoes drop. Um, <laughs> Apple sent out invites to the uh, to an event at the Brooklyn Academy of Music on October 30th with the phrase, there's more in the making. Apple usually announces new iPads and various other hardware in October. So I love the little dance that tech journalism does when these come out. Uh, pretending as if they have an insight uh, that is special somehow. Oh, Apple's announcing something else. I bet it's an iPad. They always announce iPads in October. That's just what they do. Uh, where where it gets more speculative is, okay, is it going to be an iPad Pro? That seems to be the good money. Uh, will there be other things? And what will the other things be? Uh, the smart money is on a MacBook Air uh, rev. Are we going to see that wireless charging thing finally show up? And do you think there'll be any surprises, any Apple TV-related announcements? What's your best guess? 
I think I keep waiting for all those, yeah, um, um, original Apple content uh, shows that we keep talking about. But there's really no indication if you if you are trying to read the tea leaves of there's more in the making. I don't know the gather round announcement when we talked about the new iPhones didn't really turn into anything. think that means as much as people would like no, to it think it means really does making stuff with your ipad would be sufficient to make that make sense there you go yeah. I, I i i think that the air force or air power uh, uh charger matt as much as i would love it uh uh might be down the memory hole at this point considering uh all the rumor the reporting behind it for this look uh, this is something that I, I think iPads are in a very interesting place. It's curious to see where they want to go or if it's just such a steady earner for them that it's refresh it, make it a little faster and uh, uh, ship them out. This is just the new version that you buy when you're buying something for someone for Christmas. Well, you know, I would love a a, a reimagined MacBook Pro. I have the the touch display version. It's two years old. It's my road warrior. And there are things that are wrong with it at this point. Sand you know, and the keyboard. keyboard display doesn't light up anymore and the keys are all messed up. And, you know, I, 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 I run it hard, but I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of tentatively in the market for, for a new MacBook. Um, and right. the MacBook Air for a variety of reasons, just because I do a lot of video editing, is not quite robust enough for, for the next machine that I want. So Unless you get the uh, shadow service and you have a full powered windows machine in the cloud. Unless I did that. And that's something to think about. Uh, although having local storage is really advantageous for a lot mm, of reasons, mm. but, um, but yeah, that, that would, that would be my, th- my hope. And the thing is, is that the touch bar, I like it, but it didn't seem to surprise and delight anybody else. Nobody no. really likes it. Nobody really uses it uh, that I know of. So I'd like to know what Apple's going to do with that. But Touch Bar to me was something that always felt like a mushy middle, even when they announced it. I, I think Touch Force Touch for them was something that never congealed in the way that it it, it might have. Uh, whereas now I, I would just be more excited about it might be worth upgrading to another to to a MacBook Pro if uh, it fully integrated in in the way with that like my my with, with my phone, including with the uh, facial unlock and stuff like that. Yeah, I I mean I would be surprised if they fulfilled Sarah's wishes, unfortunately, because MacBook Pros too. aren't too long in the tooth. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked by a MacBook Air. That's that's due. Obviously, iPads are going to happen. I, I think we all know that. I'm wondering, though, if we get something else or even just a tease to something else. Yes, air power may never come, but that was an example of them teasing something ahead of time. Why we might we might get I I just have a gut feeling we're going to get a wild card announcement here. And it might be as simple as them pre-announcing the Apple TV service coming next year, or it could be some out of left field product that none of us saw coming and didn't actually get leaked somehow. I don't know the wireless charging. If if Apple was really trying to just sort of let us all forget about that and it wasn't happening, they wouldn't have mentioned it at their event in September. Mm. That's that's my feeling. I think so they, I, they thought they were going to put it out and they ran into trouble that was unforeseen, and that's why it's being delayed. Well, so, that's that yeah. might be true too. Now, yeah, iPads are coming after the announcement of a lot of other tablet two-in-one hybrid announcements from Microsoft and Google and HP and Asus and others. And in fact, we got another one from Samsung today. 
Yeah, interesting you mentioned that, Tom, because Samsung unveiled the Galaxy Book 2 with a Qualcomm Snapdragon 850 processor, gigabit LTE capability. Samsung also says it gets 20 hours on a single charge. Pretty good. The Book 2 speakers include Dolby Atmos support, and it has an all-new rear kickstand. This might start to sound kind of familiar mm. because it's kind of like a service. It has a 12 inch 2160 by 1440 OLED display, runs Windows 10 S mode out of the box. There's also a fingerprint sensor on the upper right corner of the back. Comes with a keyboard and an S pen with 128 gigabytes of storage and four gigabytes of RAM. The Galaxy Book 2 goes on sale November 2nd for 1G, $1,000. Comes with a kick with a keyboard and S Pen uh, is is a is the feature that sticks out in my mind the most. Four gigabytes of RAM probably the one that sticks out negatively the most. But uh, but that is too often not the case, especially the pen. Right? They 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 often don't bundle in the keyboard, but it's usually maybe a, a you know one hundred fifty bucks or something like that. Whereas the pen feels like it should be cheaper, and it's always like fifty to a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, uh- Look, this this is something that I, I I think it's a natural outgrowth for Samsung. Samsung is a company that is famous for throwing a lot of uh, uh, spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. If they can get into that surface market, then uh, uh, hot ham water, they're going to do it. Yeah, because uh, Surface Pro Six is nine hundred bucks before you buy a keyboard, right? right. Which is going to cost you one hundred fifty, and then if you want the pen, that's going to cost you another bit. So. Yeah, uh, I I think this is a pretty compelling offering from Samsung, and it's showing like we used to freak out at the idea of of Windows running on Qualcomm, you know. And I've got the old Surface back here behind me that that had Windows RT and that whole fiasco. These days, it's just de rigueur. Nobody blinks an eye at it, uh, and that Windows 10 S mode can be upgraded to full Windows 10 for free. You don't even have to pay anything. It just, this it, it, it's an attractive tablet. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think so. I think we're kind of getting to the point where it's starting to feel like the way uh, smartphones have felt to me for years now, where it's like you have brand loyalty or maybe you don't, but a lot of people do, right? Um, if for some reason uh, a Samsung product is more attractive to you than let's say a, a Surface tablet that's more or less the same price and has a, a lot of the same bells and whistles, then you're going to like this. Otherwise, it it, it might... It's not compelling enough to me um, for that very reason, but I think uh, for a lot of folks who, who who like their Samsung products, this is just another pretty solid one. I bet if they had 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gigabytes of storage, I'd actually be tempted. I think that's the only thing holding me back. I, I'll be honest. I'm a little tempted as it is just because it's all in one package for 1000 bucks. Yeah, yeah just, just because it's all like, like price-wise, it, it all fits. Mm-hmm. It, it, the spec to price ratio is something that makes you uh, salivate a little. Not a lot, no, just a little. You know, I don't need to, <laughs> anything I can say is just going to sound wrong. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's talk about a fake moon. That's no moon. That's a satellite from Chengdu. The Telegraph reports that officials from the Chinese city of Chengdu announced plans to orbit a satellite by 2020 that will be capable of reflecting sunlight onto the city's streets at night replacing streetlights. A reflective coating would direct the light over a 50-square-mile area. This is not the first time it's been attempted. Uh, Russia had the Znamya project, 
which explored a similar idea with two satellites that went into orbit between 1992 and 1999. Uh, neither of them stayed in orbit. They were experimental. And in the case of, of Znamya 2, it uh, got caught up on uh, <laughs> on the rocket's uh, antenna and had to be deorbited. But uh, this would be permanent. Officials told CIF News that testing showed the satellite could produce eight times as much light as the moon. This is... I mean, it's awesome, and it's also extremely weird, especially because this kind of technology, let's say you're talking about, um, you know, a, a city that's very far north, right? Where it's like, in the summer, maybe the sun doesn't go down very much. But in the winter, the sun doesn't come up very much. You could sort of control the light that people are getting, um, but that throws off an entire ecosystem, potentially. I know this is about streetlights, but... You know, a, a fifty square mile area is 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 quite large. Yeah, to be controlling light that doesn't actually exist otherwise. The officials so the, equivocate or equivocate. The officials were not equivocating. They were equivalent. <laughs> they they said the light would be equivalent to a dusk light. Just to put that in your head. So this is yeah. This is even so though. Eight, eight times what the moon is. So so you are still at a point where there is visibility issues. It still seems dark, but uh, uh, it is it is certainly something that is. I guess we would think to be unnaturally lit. Uh, uh, get ready. The more that the cheaper we can get into space, and it has gotten exponentially cheaper uh, over the last five years, it's going to get further cheaper over the next five. We are going to see more things like this. This is the new frontier for business, uh, 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 and it's going to be uh, clients that are a lot more raggedy than a city. A city has a budget. Uh, we will find uh, a lot of reasons to have a lot of satellites up there. It's just going to be cheap enough. Yeah. Uh, Chengdu, not a small town either. I mean, this is a, a town of 14.43 million or so as of 2014. So they've got an aerospace budget in this town. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I would like to call on the only one of us on this show that lives in Alaska and thus... <laughs> deals with lights showing up in the middle of the night uh although these are natural uh what what do you make of this idea amos um honestly th- my first thought was this just like the the light up here in the winter time when it kind of comes and goes so quickly this is going to drive a lot of photographers absolutely crazy um, <laughs> and as far as like animals that's that's got to be a concern it, it just the human nature of things. It, it's it's awkward up here in the wintertime. We've only got a couple hours of sunlight, and you have basically two du- two dawns each day. Um, and it's getting to that point now. The sun didn't come up today until about eight thirty. So this is this excites me on one front, but it does make me a little wary that we're going to create artificial light just too much of it. I already can't see the aurora borealis half the time anyway. So. Well, uh, that's a question. Would you want to counteract the dark winters with something like this or not? If this if this helps the body produce vitamin D the way the sun does, and that's kind of one of the reasons for a seasonal mm-hmm. affective disorder, that might actually be really helpful. But if it doesn't, or if it's just a little bit off, if the spectrum doesn't doesn't transfer right, th- there's just too many questions about yeah. the light itself. I mean, it's show. just reflected sunlight, so theoretically it would. But like you say, you, you need to actually do it to find. I, it. I, I think this is more just trying to help with night driving than it is necessarily ravaging ecosystems. But of course, that's what the idiot says before the scientist warns. <laughs> well, and it's also it's again, it's like. 
this particular city is trying to replace streetlights that are already illuminating the streets, right? So it's like Costly, the streets though. aren't completely dark anyway. Mm. This is just an attempt to do it in a different way. But it's sort of like, well, if you light a candle or you have the overhead light, it's a different kind of light. It's not going to be exactly the same. So many questions remain. It, it is crazy about the price to get into space that now we're like, you want to know what the cheaper option is over a long <laughs> enough timeline? A satellite that reflects the sun instead of just running streetlights. Yeah. What a waste of money running streetlights. Who are oh my we? God. What is this? The 20th what are century? Streetlights out of here. We yeah. need more. Money? Everyone's asleep. Turn off. <laughs> Uh, Essential Products, the startup founded by Android creator Andy Rubin, cut 30% of its 120-employee roster in hardware, marketing, and sales division, sources tell Bloomberg. The cuts come several months after the company canceled plans for a second version of its Essential smartphone and paused development of a home smart device. Essential is reportedly working on a new phone with a small screen that will try and automatically respond to messages on a user's behalf. I personally kind of think that Andy Rubin is somebody that should get uh, uh, should should be recognized. And I don't know if he is as kind of like in, in the pantheon next to Steve Jobs as one of the most influential smartphone designers uh, ever. Having cre- helped create uh, kind of run run with the ball with Android like he. No, I he, would say the sidekick to me, the sidekick was the first the sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that a radically redesigned phone really caught my eye that made me think like, okay, these could be something more. The essential phone, modular component, not that compelling. The phone itself, once they dropped the pl- price to $400, became the best phone you could buy at that price, in my opinion. However, uh, at that point, it had already become a byword. It had become a joke. And... It's hard to tell if this is essential circling the drain, which it might be. It might be just reducing uh, because it can't compete. And this is the slow decline of it. That happens to the best. That happens to the Steve Jobs of the world, not just the Andy Rubens of the world. So there would be no harm if in, in Andy Rubens' esteem that Justin was just talking about, technologically speaking, if that were the case. Or is it a smart retrenchment? Now, we did have that, as you mentioned, that that idea that they're working on a small phone with a small screen. That seems to be a burgeoning trend. So the pieces are in place. If that trend ends up being a very big trend, maybe Essential catches that wave and comes back. Uh, or maybe they, they come up with some other thing that we don't know about that, that vaults them in. But, but right now, they are playing from behind. They have to play catch-up. Well, and I, I wonder how, uh, how much Essential might have, have, have grabbed um, what is a, very, a share of a very crowded market if that price would have been a lot more attractive from the beginning. Because as you mentioned, Tom, you know, a lot of people are like, what? No, why would I want that? Way too much. But if it was 400 If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Dollars off the bat, would we be in the same place? Because cutting 30% of a 120 employee team is, that's, I mean, you didn't cut half of them, but you're no, getting there. I mean, it's, that's, it's, that's a chunk. Yeah. You are drastically I, I, reducing your workforce. But I, I don't think that that was their business model. Their business model was making top of the line phones and, and not good punching above its weight budget phones. Well, if you are a paying subscriber of Spotify, you have a better app. Uh, Spotify has reduced buttons from five to three and uh, and is giving genres more focus in its new app redesign. The company's radio service got a redesign as well, including new artist radio playlists. Also, a new search page lets you find artists and albums and podcasts more easily. Also, more personalized, showing your own Top genres under the search bar. So R&B, rock, hip hop, kids and family and the like. Spotify's premium subscribers grew to 83 million in the second quarter of this year. It has 180 million monthly actives overall. That includes free customers. Spotify premium is rolling out to all premium subscribers on iOS and Android globally starting today. Tom, you're a Spotify user. I am not. I thought you were. No, Eileen is. Oh, I'm a Google well, Play okay. Music. Sometimes sometimes I I fuse the two of you together as one being. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, I understand. Yeah, this is, you know, this is something that I use Apple Music, not Spotify, and I'm not going to subscribe to both. So um I'd I'd love to know from somebody who who pays for Spotify um how they like the app redesign. But it does it it to it sounds like it's echoing a lot of the features that I like most about Apple Music, um, particularly uh genre stuff that I find has become uh, more and more um intelligent really uh a, a lot of the a, a lot of the stuff that i'm getting from my streaming music um subscription is exactly what i want to listen to without me having to really tell it much and, and based I, on previous listening history obviously you know a lot of folks are speculating this is 
Spotify attempting to fend off a resurgent Pandora, which not only got into the streaming music game beyond just the radio stuff, but also is being bought by Sirius XM. And if that closes, we'll get a nice big infusion of promotional power behind it. Uh, Sirius XM also striking a deal to show up on the Amazon Echo so that you can like Spotify and Pandora, tell your Echo to play your Sirius XM stations. And of course, once they combine with Pandora, that, that becomes even more powerful. So coming up with a smarter way to let you easily hear music you want is essentially what this redesign is about. Instead of having a radio tab that you select and then look for things, it's just going to pop up during search and say, hey, we see that you're looking for Quavo. Would you like to listen to a radio station based on Quavo that is not just a Quavo station, but is personalized to your taste that we know about? So yeah, so so Tom, uh, other song, other artists that would pop up on the Quavo station... Uh, well, just any of the Migos, honestly, would, sure. would probably oh, pop offset. up. And if it were me, I might add logic in there. I don't know. It, sure. You know, might might throw that in as well. So, <laughs> back in June, Mary Meeker of Kleiner Perkins Caulfield Buyers indicated a slowdown of global internet access in her internet report for 2018. Uh, that didn't mean slow access. That meant a slowdown in the adoption of the internet. Uh, generally, the UN counts internet access as someone who has gone online once in the past three months or more. Uh, now, The Guardian reports an unpublished UN report from the Web Foundation shows the rate at which the world is getting online has slowed all the way back to 2015, and maybe even a little slower than Meeker reported, uh, especially among women and the rural poor. The data shows that growth in global internet access dropped from a growth rate of 19% in 2007 to less than 6% last year. Meeker had reported a growth rate of 7% in 2017. So it's still growing. We're not seeing a decline in internet usage. Let's be clear. Sometimes these things can get confusing. But the growth rate is slowing. And we are at 50% or not quite or just a little above 50%, depending on you how you cut it. But there, the point being, there are a lot of people left that don't access the internet. So we it's not like we've hit saturation where like, oh, well, there's always going to be the slower to get those last 10%. So there's a, a real concern that this could create a divide uh, where the people who can't access it can't access it for social, cultural, or economic reasons. And those reasons will get harder to bridge because they can't access the internet. Well, I mean, these are the questions that we've wrestled with since the birth of the Internet, right? Uh, uh, in, in trying to make these things and tools available and yet running into the real world uh, outroll problems of, you know, a lot of times the hardest people to get to are in hard to reach areas. And sometimes it is not exactly cost effective to run uh, uh, access to them. But in a lot of these cases, you're right, Tom, this is culture. Uh, we we are you know, we, we might not be reaching saturation, but we might be reaching close to saturation on easy cultural uh, uh, ways of, of of going about it. And life has found a way, specifically with mobile and 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 stuff like that, uh, up till this point. But uh, it, it from here on, I think that there it is just going to be harder. It, it, it's going to be difficult, and and. The hope is that the internet remains robust, uh, remains robust enough that even if there is a divide, once somebody has it, they can make up for it fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the growth rate 
too. And, and, and I'm looking at Meeker's report. So it's a, we're working from a few different numbers, but it did drop down in 2012, not quite below 10%, but around 10%. And then was a little bit flat and even dipping until 2016 when it bumped back up and then went down. Uh, there are cycles to this. So this decline could be explained by a lot of different things. One of which could be that, you know, we had the wired, we had dial up, right? That, that brought us to a certain rate. And then we needed broadband to really get us to a, a, a new rate. Then we needed mobile and mobile has made it possible for people to access the internet in places that it is not feasible to spend the money to roll out uh, wired internet. And, and so maybe we're just waiting on that next wave. The next wave being uh, Project Loon uh, or Facebook's Project Wing is not Facebook making the equipment anymore, but it's still underway. Or, or any of these other projects like SpaceX has going to provide rural internet from the air. Well, and I think that this slowdown speaks to exactly what you're talking about, Tom, is that there is a new wave of, okay, well, there are certain rural areas that still are not, you know, we're not laying fiber underground. It's, it's, we've, we've gotten to the point where, um, where we're running out of places where you can actually do that. There are new options, but those options are going to take a couple of years, a couple cycles, um, in order to, to, to get folks online. There's also, I don't know, it's a, it's a much bigger sociological conversation as to, you know, whether people need to be on the internet in order to have, a better life. Um, in many ways, you do in order to 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 be part of sort of the the, the global world that we all live in now. But um, but I think yeah. I think having access to the internet is is fast becoming a necessity to maintain economic sure. and, yeah. and financial and yeah, it, it, yeah, it's yeah to be able to. I, 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 think, I think the question the question is more the right to have the internet. Yes, like the, correct access, not get it, not not. I think. Here in we are a very privileged uh, a class of folks uh, here in in America where we can now take the second level decision of well okay have I overindulged in this water of life mm-hmm. uh, or or uh, you know would I be better if I disconnected a little bit where I think we've long passed the idea although many people in America haven't uh, uh, the idea of like hey. I desperately would it would make my life a million times easier if I could access this. But hardware, government, culture Cost. has gotten in the way. Yeah. That's it. All yeah. right. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, who talks oh, right. about these- I'm sorry. That was me. Uh, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. You know who doesn't miss a beat? The people in <sighs> our right. subreddit. I'll tell you what. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Hey, what's in the mailbag, Sarah? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Tom. Oxgradius actually wrote on Twitter. We thought we'd take it to the tweets today. Um, this is in response to our show with Scott Johnson yesterday. Uh, Ox says, y'all were talking about streaming tech and terminals yesterday, the same day that I got my Pixelbook. I'm a security engineer, and we're evaluating how moving to Pixelbooks might work for everyone, including those who write code and admin systems. I've got to admit... I really love the form factor of the Pixelbook over my gigantic workstation replacement laptop with Linux containers coming to Chrome OS. 
it's becoming more possible for me to work either locally or via cloud systems like AWS. Just my two cents. Hey, thank you for that. Uh, I love the kind of feet on the ground. I'm actually using it. Here's what I think. Uh, in fact, we got another one of those from Paul, who shares some of his expertise on progressive web apps. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Paul says, progressive web apps is a label given to a collection of technologies that can be used to progressively enhance a web page, hence the name. You can use those features without being a full app. We talked a lot about the full app experience, but Paul's like, hey, for example, you can access the hardware from APWA without the app being quote unquote installed as long as a web page uses HTTPS and gets permission. Hardware APIs like Bluetooth and location can be accessed by any site. Also, the install or add to home screen is really just superficial. As soon as you visit a site using a service worker, that site can start downloading its files for offline functionality. When the user installs or adds to home screen, it's really just making a link to the site in various locations. Functionally, the site is already installed, so when Google talks about supporting PWAs on Windows, they're talking about the linking part, the making it obvious that it's their part. PWAs have worked offline in Windows for a while. They just haven't been on your desktop or in your app drawer, so it was a little bit harder for people to get used to them. Check out the URL Chrome Service Worker Internals on Chrome, and you'll be surprised how many websites are already downloaded offline on your system. Lastly, in addition to Windows and Chrome OS, PWAs do work fully on Android and iOS 11.3 and later. Two PWAs I love on mobile are the Starbucks and Twitter PWAs. You get 95% of native capability without having to install a battery-sucking native app. And I think I mentioned the Financial Times PWA. That's another one that's that's really done well. Uh, thanks for the great work. Just sent in my yearly pledge, Paul, the software entomologist somewhere lost in Texas. Thank you, Paul. That was great. Paul, gentleman and a scholar. Also, thanks to Justin Robert Young. Man, you have been on the road. It must be good to be home. Ah, yes. Only so I can leave tomorrow to uh, (laughs) Los Angeles. I'll be at Politicon uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Not doing any kind of uh, talk, but I am going to be selling my card game, The Contender. So come on into the dealer's room and pick one up if you get a chance. Otherwise, you can, of course, uh, sign up for my free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Five stories, five days a week, mostly gifts, sometimes hot takes. Daily Tech News Show has a new spinoff. If you're into games, but not so into games that you get kind of put off by some of the shows out there that go real hardcore, nothing wrong with that, just not your thing, then you need to check out dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB. Monthly video games briefing with Patrick Beja and Scott Johnson. You like those guys on DTNS. You're going to love them once a month talking about video games in a way everybody can understand. So go sign up right now, dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We love your feedback. Keep it coming, everybody. We're also live Monday through Friday. Join us if you can, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC, and find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Chris Ashley as our guest, and of course, Len Peralta will be here, too. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.